0: back.
2: we today.
0: So I be seen, I am to you I'm I am to you. <laughs>
3: Of this ledge. I'm going to talk about some philosophy. Um, The perennial question in philosophy is this. What is the meaning of human life? Another way to ask it is what is the end purpose for which God created the world and the humans who inhabit it? Is there any objective meaning to life? Or is every investment a matter of personal preference with no deeper meaning to be found? It's important that we recognize that God did not satisfy anything he was lacking in himself. As Acts 17, 24, 25 says, The God who made the world and everything in it, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in shrines made by hands, neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things, Orthodox Christianity affirms that God is traveling. God did not create anything to satisfy a deficiency within Him, we can glean from the doctrine of the Trinity that just as God is inherently relational, so we are made as beings to live in community with one another, and ultimately to enjoy fellowship and unity with God and every faucet of His creation. We can see this relational aspect of in Scripture, when the Lord God said, "It's not good that man should be alone," I will make a helper corresponding to him. And so God fashioned the woman from the rib of Adam, and He presents her as a suitable helper to him. And most importantly, God created us to walk and have fellowship with Him. So the, free, the theistic framework provides a rational account for the existence of an objective subjectively satisfying foundation for the meaning for our lives. In his article, Religion Gives Meaning to Life, Lewis Podgman notes that if theism is true and there is a benevolent supreme being that governs the universe, then six other things result. I'd like to give you those six things. Number one, theism offers a satisfying explanation of the origin. can explain how the universe is suffused in goodness and that God will win out over all the evil we see in the world. Number three, God loves and cares for us and as a result of his love, we have a deeper motive for morally good actions, including acts of self-sacrifice. Number four, theists can have an answer to the question, why should we be moral? Number five, all persons Life after death also guarantees that there will be no unaccounted for injustices. So, I want to, on a couple of those, I'd like to look at them as I lead into what we're going to talk about today. Number five said, All persons are of equal worth. Since every person is crafted in the image of God, each is intrinsically valuable, not simply valuable as a means to an end. God loves every person. All are created in him and for him. Paul affirms that when he says that Christ died as a sacrifice for all persons. So if all persons are of equal worth, and as number three says, God loves and cares for us, and as a result of that love, we have a deeper motive for morally good actions, including self-sacrifice, then, as number four says, we have an answer to. source of all that is good, but what is more, the existence of God best explains why we have moral duties. A duty is an obligation we have to perform, or a certain action we must refrain from performing. For example, we have a duty to fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandments. We have a duty Authority than God himself. God provides a rich account of where our moral actions find both their value and our obligations. Moral decision-making is significant in one's life. John Cottingham explained that fulfillment and meaning pursued in ways that involve deceiving or hurting others or making use of them as mere instrumental for one's own success, closing one's heart and mind to the voice of one's fellow creature. These are the modes of activity. of darkness. But can we? The definition of darkness is the absence, the partial or total absence of light. I cannot walk out there and give you more darkness. I can only take or withdraw the light that I may have. We can kill the lights in this room and it will become darker. But we can't add darkness. We can only take light. That light as I give you some light lessons. Reading from Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to start in verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, Glory to your Father who is in heaven. I am a knowledge seeker. I love to study God's Word. It's not enough for me just to read it. I want to know it in depth. Uh, back in 2014, I think it was, I had the amazing privilege to get to disciple with a man by the name of Herb Hodges. I still receive emails from his wife in Germantown. He's been pastor for several years. But Brother Herb to sit and disciple with him and see the network of discipleship we had across this country inspired me to dig deeper into my Bible. One of the things he did, although I am not a Greek scholar and I do not know Greek, he helped me to see that if you can get the Scripture and understand how they meant it when they wrote it, he can make so much more of an understanding. In Greek text, emphasis could be applied to certain words in the text based on the order of the words. So the emphasized word could be taken as the the Holy Spirit, so to say. We lose part of this understanding when we translate it into English because we put the words in the order that we understand. Understanding and appreciating these stressed words can help open a fuller meaning that was originally conveyed by the writer. Those emphasized or stressed words can be used to intensify a fact. Make sure that you understand this. They can convey an idea opposite to It could place intensity on a word to bring out the full force, the degree or the extent to really pound on that word, to make a word leap off the pages. Um, To read verse 14 again, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. When you see what the emphasis was in the Greek writing, it makes words leap off the pages. The words in that scripture or in that verse that are emphasize are the words you and "cannot," And that changes how we should understand it. The word you would literally jump off the page. You! You are the light of the word. You! You and you and you and you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden because there's another hidden Greek gem in the fact that it cannot be hidden. Uh, In the Greek uh, translation, that would be an aortis tense verb, which means that cannot be hidden is a contemplated fact. It will effectively or successfully be brought about. It is indeed. It is going to happen. Not just it may not be hidden, or we hope it's not hidden. It cannot It gives, it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, here's our other fun great thing: Let your light shine. This is an aorist imperative. At this point, it's telling us this phrase that we have to commit to a decisive and effective choice. It is a command to do this. Make it happen. Don't just For others so that they may see another contemplated fact. If I let my light shine, there's, it is a fact. It will be seen so that they can see your good works, your moral excellence, your praiseworthy, your noble, your good deeds, and they will another contemplated fact. Give glory, recognition, honor, praise, glorify the Father. If you let it shine, make it your choice. It sure seems to me that in this scripture, there is definitely some meaning to life. We have some purpose in this, but how do we apply it? So today I want to give you three life lessons that probably should not be taken lightly. Um, Number one, do not disregard the purpose of the life. What is the first thing you do when you walk into a dark room? Most likely. fears of water hmm, might be lurking in the dark. It shows us where hazards are located so we don't get hurt. The Bible uses the image of light to offer us a deeper understanding of God's gift to us in Jesus Christ. The stark contrast between light and darkness help us better understand the gift of God's life and the grace Jesus Christ God has used the images of life throughout both the Old and New Testament to offer his people hope and revelation. Isaiah 9-2, prophecies about God's hope-filled life. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Psalm 27-1 reminds us of the antidote to fear. The Lord is my See the power of God's life to bring wisdom and understanding. The unfolding of your words gives light; It gives understanding to the simple. And then in Ephesians 5, 8, and 9, it brings us into it. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good. With God before the beginning of time. Jesus existed as God before the beginning of time. Jesus was the worker of creation. Jesus gave life to everything that was created. Jesus' life brought light into this world. And then Jesus, who existed before creation as God, is the one who became flesh for us. The greatest revelation is Jesus. And Jesus revealed God's heart to us. One of unfailing love and faithfulness. What Jesus was, God is. When his light shines in our darkness, we truly see God as he really is. When the light shines in the darkness, we also see our life as it might be. If the greatest revelation is Jesus Christ, then the greatest thing we can ever be called to do is share Jesus with other people. That is the single greatest calling on the planet. Christians are called to shine the light. Some of you will do that in your work, school, your own home. Some of you are or will be called to drop your nets and devote your life to shining the light of Jesus in very dark places. Whether you are able to invest a small amount or a great amount in Jesus' kingdom, you are called to given a lifetime. Throughout yours, what are you investing in? In yourself, and your pleasures, or in those who need to be loved by Jesus? How about your money? In whom are you investing your money? On what are you spending your talents? Are you spending your life on the greatest calling or something far less valuable? The more Jesus' light shines in our darkness, the more we see our lives as what God That found us when we too were stumbling in the dark. So how do we become light in the midst of darkness? Live a respectable and reputable life. There's no place here for a hypocritical or double life. Little by little, grow in holiness and character like Christ. Be patient, kind, and loving. But don't aim to be a people pleaser. Be a God pleaser. Aim to be respected rather than liked by others. Sleep well at night, knowing that you live the day in good conscience. Live as if you will one day account for your life, because you will. Choose to do the loving thing. Loving others is so easy to say, but hard to do. Your ability to love is limited. Seek God. others without being apologetic about it, only if your opinion is asked. Do not generalize and be judgmental, but be kind and considerate of others' views. Your opinion has more weight if you have the reputation and character of being a loving, patient, and considerate person. Back it up. Your goal in sharing your views is not to prove someone wrong or prove yourself right, but to bring them closer to Jesus. That's the goal. sharing such a way, or how you used to believe the same as they do, or why you might have changed. Know your faith well. You do not need to be a theologian or philosopher to explain your faith, but you do need to know the basics and the why's of your beliefs. Learn and practice how to share the basic gospel message. Practice sharing your personal testimony with others. more important sometimes seek opportunities to share that testimony it's something that no one can dispute or challenge if it is your actual living testimony know that God has called you to be a light bearer in your unique situation in this time and age be faithful to your call and ask yourself how can I be a mini Jesus in my family my work my school my church? My is completely black, and I turn on a flashlight, we got a little light. But if we all turn on our lights, it's pretty bright, we gotta to get together as community. Our opportunities to shine are limitless. They surround us each day. As we follow the examples of the Savior, we will be a light in the Just as turning on a light switch in a dark room will fill the room with light, being the example of righteousness can help light up an increasingly dark world. As I said we can't give out more darkness; we can't give out more light to dispel the darkness. Secondly, do not disconnect from the source of the light. What Him, he makes us his children. That is just unheard of. That's how amazing he is. So, who are you? A husband? A wife? A father? A mother? A professional? A hard worker? A fun friend? What is your identity? Are you a teenager? Middle aged? Elderly? A Democrat? A Republican? A man? A woman? A Jew? A Gentile? bottom of the barrel? You should not know that once you become a child of God, those things don't matter. The greatest identity you can be given is to be a child of God. Jesus consistently focused on linking himself to the Father. Light is a part of who God was. Therefore, Jesus was light come into the world. And we as believers do not have that inherent light. Rather, we have the glory of the Lord, we reflect it. Therefore, we need to make sure that nothing comes between us and the Lord's life. Ever bought one of those cheap flashlights at the Walmart, and, you know, it don't work until you pull the little plastic piece out? Something came between the light and the source of power. That's all it is. It's just as simple as that. We have to be... Navigators long before smartphones, we reach for the light switch in a dark room, and we depend on the accumulation of our knowledge to shed light on our lives. Light permeates into every crack and crevice of our lives and our being, whether it's invisible or whether it's visible in regards to warmth and light, or whether it's metaphorically as in enlightening us to understand God better. Light is required for any vegetation to grow. saying He is the light of the world is the outer recognition of His Father's creation and presence, and it's the inward dwelling of the Holy Spirit by which we know our Father and along with Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world, our world. Like God is omnipresent, so Jesus is light. Through Him and His sacrificial death on the cross, we are exposed to the light, and we're exposed of our sins. You know, a boat needs at night. Light prevents aimless drifting, drifting. Ever feel like you're just drifting in life? Find the light. Captains follow blinking channel markers and lighthouses at night, and now GPS coordinates steer ships, but a captain and crew still need to know how to navigate by the stars, buoys, and lights in case of an electrical malfunction. A lack of preparation can be deadly to me. Just the ships follow lights to ensure safe passage. so we rely on we need his wisdom to steer us. The gift of prayer serves duly as a lifeboat and a lighthouse throughout our everyday lives as an open line of communication. We learn from the beginning of the book of Genesis and John's gospel that Jesus was present and that he is the word. Everything that light is that provides our electricity, our light, our heat. Something produces the power we need at a price. Jesus had none of this in his day and time. They would burn oil through a wick in a clay pot or wood on a campfire. All of these things, if you think about them when this is written, are things that are that burn, they're given up, they're used. They are sacrificed for the purpose of creating life. Is anybody still sat around on their patio and head quietly and just watch the fire. The red glow of the embers, the fire tickling the sky, the smoke rolls to the sky. It's almost like it's carrying your cares and all your thoughts and problems are just drifting away with the smoke. I love the light and warmth that a fire creates, but the cost of me enjoying it. If we're to be used for the purpose of shining our light, we may have to sacrifice some things. Money, the products we have, clothes, shoes, toys, our choices, our pride, our selfishness, our heart, our life. We may all have different gifts with which we serve in different ways, but every one of us is called to be a light in some way. Death on the cross and resurrection made a way for us to share and shine that light. We are to be beacons to a lost world, just like He stood on the cross or hung on the cross for everyone to see. We are to be lights for everyone to see. You see, when the light shines in the darkness, we also see the beauty of His gift. There is nothing like the gift of new life. I remember. But you know what? There is another birth that God gives that is even more beautiful than the precious little life in the world. It's so when one of us places our faith in Jesus, repents of our sins, is baptized when we're born again, that birth God does in our hearts when we believe Jesus, trust in him the same, and place our allegiance in him as our king. rendered your life to Jesus, and begun to let him change you into what he created you to be. Until you place your faith in Jesus and let him fill you, you will be full of darkness. Once you repent of your sins and invite Jesus to be your Savior, Lord, and King, then you can be filled with the light and eternal life. The more we let his light shine in our darkness, the more we see our power source for the Lord. Using your life to tell people about Jesus is the greatest calling and our purpose in being the life And the price that we have to pay is walking into that light to repent, turn from our sin, walk away from the darkness, into the, living, into the light of God so that we can become a child of God lights to the world. Maybe today is the day that you step out of that darkness and let us lead you to the light. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you for your great gift of your Son who came to this earth and lived in pain and suffering in the same ways that we do. for the price he paid so that we could see the great light, that showed, For allowing us to be a part of that. God, we worship you. We praise you. God, as our wor- world runs wild with darkness, Lord, it's not the darkness that's growing, but it's our life that's diminishing. Forgive us for our lack of investment. Forgive us For not shining our light. Father, if there be anybody here today that has not surrendered their life to you, anybody that has not, anybody that's suffering in that darkness, God, I remember stumbling there. The pain and the misery of not being able to see where to go or where you would lead me or where anybody would lead me, just lost in darkness. And then, Lord, define. so that we can make a way for others to see as well. God, if there is somebody here that is suffering in that darkness today, God, I pray that you would tug at their heart. Lord, let today be the day that they become something new, that they surrender their hearts to you. Decide to
1: We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, come to the cross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you, and perhaps I'd even be able to.